You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Pee-wee Gaskin's closest friend in the world, Walter Neely, folded under police interrogation and led investigators to a field near Prospect, South Carolina. He said there was a dead body there and that Pee-wee had been involved. By the end of the first day of scouring the field, police found six bodies, and they would find more as they continued their search. Numerous investigators Newspaper reporters and people who interviewed Pee-wee will help paint a fuller portrait of the murders and the convoluted circumstances of the community in which Pee-wee committed them. It's a serpentine story in which truth and friendship are always in question. Why would somebody do something like this? Just murder a child. I was dealing with an inveterate liar. I was dealing with a monster. But you don't cross him. If you cross him, you pay. Jim learned that. There's one thing you got to remember. Some of God's children are not worth a damn. From iHeartRadio and Doghouse Pictures, this is Pee Wee Gaskins Was Not My Friend. I'm Jeff Keating. Ira Parnell was one of the lead investigators and a forensic expert with South Carolina's State Law Enforcement Division. He was in the field soon after Walter Neely led investigators to what would be later called Pee Wee's Burial Ground. Dr. Sexton and Dr. Brissy from the Medical University were on site with us to help with the exhumation. It took several hours to get those first two exhumed, and then we went, located two more a short distance away to the left and two more a short distance away to the right front. In each case, two to the grave, 
all within the space of probably 30 yards. The investigators would go back and look at the missing person reports and see if we could find out, you know, who's missing, who are we looking for. Ira Parnell's family served in law enforcement for several generations, and his father, Bird Parnell, was the Sumter County Sheriff who arrested Pee Wee Gaskins on November 14, 1975. My grandfather was a rural policeman, and yet he followed him into law enforcement and was elected sheriff in Sumter County in 1952. Until 1980, he was sheriff for 28 years in Sumter. Lived my whole life. He was elected the year I was born, so I never knew anything but law enforcement. In fact, I, I cried when I had to go to school because I couldn't go go to the office and, put in, uh, and be the little sheriff. So saw my first dead body when I was seven. It wasn't surprising Ira wound up a sled officer. I was contacted by our second command at SLED. Of course, I've been knowing them since I was just a small child. The SLED agents would come over Sumter County to look for liquor stills. And, uh, of course, I'd ride in the middle of all that <laughs> and ride on Daddy's shoulder. And we'd go, we'd go hunting liquor stills and chop them up or blow them up or whatever they were doing at the time. But anyway, I was contacted and they, they wanted to know if I would be interested in the in a position or having a job over there. Here's Dr. Jim Beatty talking about the former sheriff's history with Pee Wee. Bird Parnell had him in jail all the time for stealing dealings, and Pee Wee said he was amazed when he learned that Bird Parnell and I knew each other. I taught his students, I love to say, that my association with Sheriff Bird Parnell was education. Pee Wee's was incarceration. Stealing dealings was nothing compared to his arrest when the authorities found Kim Gelkin's clothes in Gaskin's trailer home. But the work was just beginning, searching the burial grounds not far from Pee Wee's trailer. They called for all the help that they could get. I was assigned to the firearms laboratory at SLED, which part of our duties were to do crime scenes. So me and my partner went down there, and along with you know, a handful of people from Florence County. By the time we all got together, there was probably 25 or 30 people down in the corner of that field. And so we were using body probes just to look for soft spots in the ground. You could start that probe in the ground, and if it was firm, then you were pretty sure it hadn't been disturbed. But if you pushed a little bit and it went on down, then you could mark that spot to come back and look a little better later. Curiosity seekers slowly drove past the shallow graves, much to the frustration of local residents who did their best to make sense of the grisly scene. The ladies in the community down there would feed us. Somebody would have a big pot of something cooking about every day because it was in the wintertime and cold. And uh, we'd meet at lunchtime under the tobacco barn shed and just have a good feed and everybody get together and we'd talk about what we wanted to do, what we had done. It just worked pretty well. On day one, law enforcement found two bodies, Dennis Bellamy and his 15-year-old brother, Johnny Knight. Here's Dr. Jim Beatty from one of his many interviews with Pee Wee. 
Dennis Bellamy was an acquaintance and the older half-brother of John Henry Knight. And Mrs. Bellamy was the mother that really opened the case when the North Charleston police combed the neighborhood on Calvert Street and talked to her. But Dennis Bellamy was simply an acquaintance. He was careful to tell me, for instance, he never played pool with Dennis Bellamy. Pee and I talked a lot about playing pool. And he said, I want you to know, Mr. Jim, I never played pool, never, not, not nary one time did I ever play pool with Dennis Bellamy. It was kind of a, a thing of honor to be able to play pool with Pee Wee. He was that good. Two brothers, Dennis Bellamy and Johnny Knight, were buried in one grave and were the first bodies discovered after Pee Wee's closest buddy, Walter Neely, cracked under police pressure. But Dennis and Johnny, who were both part of an auto theft ring with Pee Wee Gaskins, were just the beginning. There were more victims to unearth. They were buried in the same grave. Probably 15 to 20 yards away from that one was the next one. That one, I think, was Diane Neely's. Diane Bellamy Neely was Dennis and Johnny's sister and Pee Wee's friend. She was also Walter Neely's common-law wife. She was buried in the same grave with her boyfriend at the time, Avery Howard. Diane Bellamy had a real problem with Pee Wee and told him that she wanted him to straighten out some few things and this and that and the other thing, and Pee Wee grew fed up with her. Pee Wee knew Avery Howard from an earlier prison stint and disliked the man. Dr. Beatty described Avery by sharing a story he heard from an Episcopal priest years earlier. He said, one thing you need to know, if you're ever going to deal with church folks and people in general, if you're going to approach it from a minister's standpoint, he said, it's one thing you've got to remember. Some of God's children are not worth a damn. And he was right. That's Avery Howard. Okay, so those two were there. And then back off another 20 yards or so in the other direction were next to that one. That's right. Jesse Judy and her boyfriend, Johnny Sellers, were the next two bodies found, stacked in a single grave. Jesse was Pee Wee's former girlfriend and Johnny was a friend who was part of the local theft ring. After John Henry Knight and uh, Dennis Bellman, they were the most well-preserved as far as what we found that day. We were actually able to get fingerprints off of one of them. They'd only been in the ground about six weeks. It had been cold, so they were better preserved than any rest of them. The rest of them were pretty much just clothes and bones. I remember one of them had on a, like a white Jesse Judy was one of Pee Wee's favorites and a person that he said often that he loved her and told her that uh, more than anybody else. And I think there were days that he actually thought that. Jesse Judy had a real heart and she really fell in love with Johnny Sellers and was was on, on her way, I think, to a happy life with him. Johnny Sellers was divorced 
and he loved his two little boys, and he fell in love with um, Jesse Judy, sincerely so. He fell in with Pee-wee because Johnny always needed money for the child support and, and, and things like that. Jesse Judy and her boyfriend, Johnny Sellers, were not the last graves uncovered that week. Here's Ira Parnell. You got those six, and on the other side of the road was where the little girl and her mom were buried, and they were buried very shallow, wrapped in plastic, and covered up with sawdust and stuff. The baby was actually just stuffed in a stump hole. When the river had come up, it had washed the debris and dirt and stuff away from the mama. And you could just see the, the outline of the plastic and stuff there. That was 22-year-old Doreen Hope Dempsey and her two-year-old daughter, Robin Michelle. Here's newspaper reporter Holly Gatling, who covered the story in 1975. Why would somebody do something like this? You know, just murder of a little baby, a child. I think it was much more profoundly disturbing for everybody. And my heart goes out to these people. I always dealt with uh, the deceased person as being evidence. I couldn't let them be a person to me at that time. They were the result of somebody else's misdoing. And it was part of my job to find out you know, first of all, who they were if I didn't know, you know, what happened and who did it. They were part of the evidence. So it was a, an easier way to deal with things than, than looking at it as a body. As the case unfolded, investigators discovered the eight victims they found in that field were mostly young, poor, obscure, and were all friends or acquaintances of Pee Wee Gaskins. Understandably, media in 1975 focused on the horrors of the burial field. In his 40 or so interviews with Pee-wee, Dr. Beatty's perspective was far different than others would offer. Here he is talking about the killer, Pee-wee Gaskins. He is so utterly fetching. You listen to him and you're mesmerized. He's magnetic. He's somewhat articulate uneducated and not, couldn't string two sentences grammatically together to save his life. But forgetting all that, you are drawn to what he is saying. He's convincing. I'm not sure that I believed what he was telling me, but I wonder. My, my frame of mind, first of all, was I was dealing with, a, with an inveterate liar. I was dealing with a monster who had killed more people than anyone in the history of our state. So anything that he tells me is I can take with a grain of salt. And then I sit there and I start listening, and my mind and spirit begin to think, what? Is this guy convincing me uh, of something? This is a story of two men who grew up in the same area at the same time and even worked at the same factory, but whose lives went very different ways. One became a mass murderer, and the other became a college professor. They met when the professor, who was also an ordained minister, was hired to write the killer's story. It's a story about how their relationship developed in their face-to-face and telephone interviews. My name is Jim Beatty. 
I prefer to be called Jim. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Anita and I lived in Myrtle Beach, and I was teaching at Coastal Carolina University. A pleasant, happy, quiet life, except for the six children that we uh, had uh, with us. We lived a block and a half from the ocean. I had a church near Anderson, and I had a church right after seminary in LaGrange, Georgia, a tiny Presbyterian church out in the country. But my heart was in literature. And I ultimately went back to graduate school, began teaching, and earned a Ph.D. Jim is as unpretentious as Pee Wee was brazen. His speech is slow, measured, and a bit shaky. But this is not entirely because we were talking about a mass murderer. I'm feeling pretty good considering I have been battling Uh, lymphoma for two years, and I'm conquering it, whipping it, but sometimes it takes my breath away, so to speak. 
As he tells it, one day in 1981, his version of a Norman Rockwell life was interrupted by a ring. We had a peaceful, lovely, happy life that was interrupted by a call one day from a whole college friend, an attorney who was living at that time in Charleston. I think it was a Friday afternoon, and I got on the phone, said hello. Uh, he said, um, I've got a project that you don't want to pass over. Uh, and I said, well, what could that be? He said, well, I know that you're a writer, and I want you to write the life story of Pee Wee Gaskins. I said, what? He said, yes, we want you to write the life of Pee Wee Gaskins. I said, I'm not your man. Uh, I had finished a dissertation, and I really didn't want to write anything longer than a grocery list. I said, okay, well, I'll talk to Anita, and we'll, we'll see from here. Anita is Jim's wife. The couple have been married over 50 years and have six children. Jim had just finished his dissertation and needed a job. But as we heard, Jim was hesitant. His initial reservations weren't just about him needing a break. He had concerns. Most people would. I did not enjoy the gore. I was not interested in the murders and hadn't read much of that kind of literature before then. So I really was not interested in the murders of a mass murderer. And setting that aside, I was frightened for my family. I thought, what will this involve? Will I have to sit with this man? Will I have to be with him? And when I'm with him, will I be protected? Will there be a partition between him and me? These very practical things that, quite frankly, frightened me. And so I was not enthusiastic about the project. Jim's hesitation was justified, especially considering his upbringing. My mother was a housewife. She was 100% minister's wife and mother to us children. But my father was the minister, and that was the most enjoyable thing to me about church, was to hear him speak and preach. And, oh, I loved it. He was a marvelous speaker. I could feel Sunday coming on about Friday afternoon, because in our house on Sunday, we didn't read a newspaper. And my mother was encouraged to cook everything that she could on Saturdays. Uh, I could not uh, listen to uh, the baseball on uh, radio. We didn't have a television. I could not listen to baseball on Sunday, so I would slip out into the garage, get in my father's car, and listen to the games there until he caught me. And I would also sit and look at my friends playing in the field across the way. I was a, a youngster, and it broke my heart that they were out there playing on Sunday, and I could not uh, be with them. It was not cruel, but it was rigid, and I somewhat resented it over those years. 
Here's one of the last reflections he shared about his father. He was intelligent. I think he was the smartest person that I knew up until my wife. Yeah, she, she's smarter than anybody I know. My name's Anita Law Beatty, and you can call me Anita. She has 78 years to Jim's 84. They met when Jim was finishing his Ph.D. She worked in the library and was pursuing a master's degree in English. Jim, as he puts it, was immediately taken with her. The first time I saw Anita was in the graduate school library. And she had fiery red hair, as red as you've ever seen. But as she walked away from me, I said five words. My, 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 I think that's six. But I, she, was, she was a beautiful young woman. I went to Columbia High, was a cheerleader, which was probably one of the most fun things I ever did in my life, because I think I'm a born cheerleader groupie, you know, and I loved it. It was wonderful, just Interviews together often went the way of gentle interruptions and playful quips. After years of marriage, they are still in love. When I visited with them, I would sometimes forget that their story is intimately interwoven with a madman. I could tell this story still lived inside them. Even though they are authorities on the details of the case, they still approach the topic of Pee-wee with tremendous humility and wonder. He was a fascinating character. He loved being the center of attention, and he loved the fact that he intimidated people. It seemed to me that it was kind of a game. But you don't cross him. If you cross him, you pay. Jim learned that. He thought Pee-wee was his friend. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. 
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. The proposal was on the table, and the Beatties debated whether or not Jim should take the opportunity to write the story of Pee Wee Gaskins. I was fascinated at the thought of being able to publish a life of a mass murderer, and I thought that this kind of person should be studied, and I wanted to do that. Pee Wee Gaskins' defense attorney sought Jim to write an account of his client's life. 50% of which was spent behind bars. Pee-wee had previously been incarcerated for attempted murder, rape, endangering a minor, and auto theft. And now, he was spending the rest of his life in Central Correctional Institute in Columbia, South Carolina. His attorney called Jim on a Friday in 1981 with the offer and gave him the weekend to talk it over with his family. From Friday afternoon till Monday morning several things changed and one of the things was the family meeting that we had on Friday night so we were around the table and I explained to them that I had been offered the opportunity to write the life story of a mass murderer and the older children knew of Pee Wee Gaskins and their fears were the same as mine can he come out and come get us? Um, things, things like that. Um, so they, they were somewhat apprehensive. The younger ones, uh, especially Christian and Elizabeth, at that time were very positive on the writing of the book. In fact, Christian uh, asked, could, when could he meet him? When could he see Pee-wee? Which always fascinated me uh, very much. I decided just to go ahead and have a vote, making them think that they had a vote in the process. They didn't, but they didn't know it. Here's Mark Beatty, one of their oldest sons, recalling the family's initial reaction to the story. I was very excited when I heard that Dad was going to have this opportunity. I mean, if you're in Columbia, South Carolina, you know who Pee Wee Gaskins was at the time. 
any nervousness that anybody might have had was probably tempered with the excitement. I personally wasn't too too concerned about it insofar as the actual danger or something like that. I wasn't real excited about how the younger boys knew as much as they did. I don't always know how much they knew, but it kind of I was kind of protective of, you know, little psyche or something like that. The age of his victims used to bother me, especially the young girls. Dad explained to me that, you know, these these were kids on the edge. These were kids on the periphery. These were marginalized individuals in many ways, and frankly, they just don't have a whole lot of people to care about. But after that family meeting, Anita and I, for the whole weekend, pondered and prayed and wondered about this. And by 9 o'clock Monday morning, I told him that, yes, uh, somewhat reluctantly, but with somewhat enthusiasm also, I would take on the writing of the book. In fact, I said, I won't have to meet him, will I? You just give me the research, what what you know and what you have. He said, I think we need to meet uh, next Friday in Columbia to meet Pee Wee. I said, to what? He said, to meet Pee Wee. Meet me in the penitentiary parking lot at 11, and we'll have an hour with Pee Wee. Of course, I had to meet him, but I was so naive, I didn't even know that uh, I, would, I would have to do that. Here's Jim Beatty Jr. He was 17 years old when his dad brought this story to the family. I think it's a story that needs to be told uh, and that should be told from his perspective of having known the man so well as a result of all of their contact. The process of telling the story requires that you share every side of the main character's life. And regardless of how heinous these crimes are, you can point to some things in Pee Wee's life that at least made these things possible. Uh, and those those things have to be shared. That does not exonerate or 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 glorify what he has done or what he did, but it does share the full story of of Pee Wee and where his life ultimately took him. I wanted to know about the life of this man. How in the world could this man? a year older than I, grew up 80 miles apart, somewhat geographically and environmentally the same people. Here I am, blessed beyond my desserts, with a family and a career in teaching. And here's a man who grew up and became a mass murderer. I wanted to know how in the world this came about. With a combination of exuberance and fear, Jim drove to Columbia to meet Pee Wee's attorney at CCI's front gates. They met in the parking lot, exchanged pleasantries, and turned to the entrance. We go in, 
And I remember the barbed wire that I had seen as a child. And then as I entered the prison, I remembered the very same gate I'd seen before. It was like a nightmare. And we go through the next gate, and that iron-on-iron finality hit me. And I remembered I had been in this place. I have been through these doors before. When was it? It was visiting my maternal grandfather, who was the warden of that particular prison, when I was eight years old. And he had a chauffeur whose name was Albert, and he would come in a beautiful black Packard four-door sedan, and I would sit in the back seat, and Albert would drive me to CCI to visit my grandpapa, I called him. And grandpapa was the warden, and the entrance was, um, I remember there was a kind of front door that you go in, and then there's a little hall, and then you have these iron gates. And I remember the closing of those gates, even as a child, was so frightening to me because it was so final and so loud, and they would bang them closed on my way to see Grandpapa Wilson. Numerous times during the 1940s, Jim was picked up by Alfred, a prisoner working as his grandfather's chauffeur and taken for an afternoon visit at CCI. And for the first of two times in his life, after dozens of visits, his trips inside the prison came to an immediate halt. Two trustees, two men who helped run the prison, went into my grandpapa's secretary at lunchtime and asked could they see Warden Wilson, Superintendent Wilson, whatever they called him. And she said, no, I'm sorry, he's not in, but would you like to see Captain Saunders? And they said that would be fine. So she took them down to Captain Saunders' office. They went in and emptied two revolvers into Captain Saunders' chest and then killed themselves. So they missed my grandpapa by 10 minutes or he would have been the victim of that particular murder. And now it was 1981 and Jim Beatty was back inside CCI on a visit to meet South Carolina's Charles Manson. He got chills as he walked through the iron doors again. The sound that I heard when I walked into prison as an eight-year-old kid with Albert at my side was the same sound that I heard 35 years later. And it was absolutely electrifying, the finality of the closing of those iron gates. And we proceeded down the hall, and um, I saw Pee Wee for the first time. This tiny man standing by his chair with his hand out to shake the lawyer's hand. He, by the way, had no handcuffs. I never once met with Pee Wee when he was handcuffed, but everybody else in the room was. We all sat down. Grady introduced me. 
Pee Wee was very kind and responsive. By the way, uh, Pee Wee said, nice to meet you, Mr. Jim. He didn't say Mr. Beatty, Dr. Beatty, anything else, only Mr. Jim. There was only one other time in my entire time with Pee Wee did he ever address me as Mr. Beatty, and that was frightening. Jim felt the gravity of the situation, the moment of his first encounter with Pee-wee. During that visit, Pee-wee and the attorney spoke about hearings and lawyers and judges and documents and a lot of legal terms. And I was fascinated with the fact that Pee-wee was a pretty good jailhouse lawyer. In fact, Pee-wee wrote briefs for prisoners and things that they were facing in the, in the prison. I was facing Pee-wee at a square table. They were conversing, looking at each other, and I'm watching Pee-wee and amazed at the subjects that they covered. And when the visit closed, talking about me and our family, and Pee-wee was interested. I think he took to me. He was certainly cordial and gracious, far more um, graceful than I ever dreamed that, that he would be. But at the end of the conversation, he spoke more directly to me. He looks right straight through you. When Pee-wee looked at you, you were really looked at, and that's what he did with his piercing um, black eyes, fair, fair skin, uh, black, jet black hair, not a gray hair in his head the last day I saw him. Jim met with Pee-wee and his attorney that day as an introduction, a way to get Pee-wee familiar with Jim. Jim forever remembers his voice, which matched his name. It was high and quick and fast. He loved to say everything twice, say everything twice. Pee-wee was, was, was amazing. But he had a high voice, and, and if he got excited, it really got high. We left happily on good terms, and walking out of the prison, the attorney said, you have to be approved by Pee-wee, and when Pee-wee approves you, then the prison people have to approve you. And then when they approve you, you can go there anytime. Eight to five. You don't have to wait business hours. You can go anytime, just as often as a lawyer would go. And he introduced me around to several of the guards, and uh, I was in. It was 90 minutes back to his home in Myrtle Beach, and Jim Beatty was high on adrenaline from sitting in prison with the meanest man in America. Jim's family anticipated his return. They were actually waiting on me. And they knew that I was on the way. And the older ones were just thankful that I was alive. And the younger ones were anxious to hear all that uh, went on. And uh, I reported to them as much as I could. His family juggled their anxiety and excitement. Anita was terrified. The kids enthralled. 
It's not just a quick trip from Columbia to the beach. And we couldn't wait to hear what happened and hear the stories. But also, it got you in the pit of your stomach. I can remember now. I can even feel it. A little bit of dread, a little bit of horror, a little bit of, oh, my gosh, how could that have happened? How could he have done this? And how could he still be around? But also, how fascinating he was and how Jim cared about what made him the way he was. The kids responded in such different ways to this project that became an influence on our lives from that point on. Pee-wee's attorney, some days later, called me and said, well, you're in, you passed the test. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, Pee-wee likes you. I said, "Uh uh-oh. He said, well, you've got the job. Congratulations. And by the way, you have an appointment with him at 11 o'clock a week from today. I said, I do. He said, yes. I said, God willing, I'll be there. Now, Jim could visit the prison unaccompanied any day or time he wanted. Pee-wee had approved. Two or three days before, I was pretty nervous. So I wrote out some questions, things that I would ask him in the first interview, I think I had 12, and I knew that I could have an hour, hour and a half, something like that. So I went in with my legal pad, and we greeted. He was very friendly. And I said, thank you very much for letting me do this. I'm, I'm privileged to write your life. And he started in. And he talked about his childhood. He told me how he was brutally abused by his mother's brothers when he was a little boy. He says, look, I want to set the record straight on some things. There's been so many things out there that have been said about me that are wrong. I want you to know what they are and to make those things right. He said, well, the first is that I went to reform school on a false charge. I said, you were innocent? He said, I was innocent when he was 13, 14. A Sunday afternoon, he supposedly um, hit a, a teenage girl in the head with an axe, and he thought she was dead. He held her a moment and then ran off. But he told me that day that he uh, saw it happen and that he could not tell anyone who did it. I said, Pee-wee, why did you say that? And he said, we can't go into that. Pee-wee spent five years in reform school for attempted murder from 13 to 18 years old. Jim must have been feeling fear and shock at hearing a first-hand account of such a crime. It could have turned another person away, but the writer and Jim Beatty listened for every detail. Right at the end of the visit, we shook hands, and his handshake was the firmest that I'd ever shaken. And his hand was strong, firm, but tiny. Very, very tiny. Jim drove 90 minutes back home, a drive he would make more than 40 times over the next two years. And I was driving back to Myrtle Beach. Um, Our six children and Anita were waiting to see, first of all, if I was going to get back at all because this was my first uh, visit with Pee Wee. And I reported to them, 
that uh, the only time I was a little bit apprehensive in that visit was when I noticed his thumbnails were at least a good three quarters to an inch longer than all the other nails. And he said, let me tell you about my nails, tell you about my nails. He said, there are two guards in this prison that are out to get me. But he said, I'm going to be ready for them when they come. He said, let me show you what I mean. He said, lean over here just a second. So I leaned toward him and he puts his hand up on my head and his thumbnails right in the outer edges of my eyes. And I thought, oh my God, what is going on? He said, you see how easy it would be for me just to pluck them out. He said, that's why my thumbnails are so long. Kiwi Gaskins was not my friend is a joint production from iHeartRadio and Doghouse Pictures. Produced and hosted by Jeff Keating. Executive producers are Courtney DeFries and Noel Brown. Written by Jim Roberts, Courtney DeFries, and Terry James. Edit, mix, and sound design by Jeremiah Kulani Prescott. Music composed by Diamond Street Productions, Spencer Garn, and Ian Newberry. Special thanks to Jim and Anita Beatty. Additional thanks to the University of South Carolina Moving Image Research Collections and the University of South Carolina. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.